It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at DDDNFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I'm on my own this week. I almost didn't make it. Knacker from the weekend went down the country with the kids, but I thought I'd make it back to y'all. Um, I was debating whether to do a podcast now or to leave it till after the announcement because it's pretty flat out here at UK Packers HQ. We have an awful lot of people who. You know, we're asking what the trip is going to be. And then they're also asking for advice on where to get tickets and put bits and pieces together. Um, so we usually kind of, we put out the trip to tender and we're going to pick the cheapest option. As we said, um, you know, prices are, is our main point of focus uh, this time around because we think we can offer a lot of the ancillary services uh, to y'all instead of getting the, you know, travel agent to do it. So if we can get nice cheap flights, um source good game tickets hopefully in a block if not get that you know 10 percent discount off uh the tickets as well and then get a nice hotel that's agreeable with everybody at a good price as well now be that in lambo field not literally in lambo field but be that in green bay um or be that and an away game in new york or whatever we're looking for cheapest chips but to keep that kind of experience going and with all the people that we know with the packers but anyway let's not um dive straight into business or dive straight into business, depending on how you think of it. 1919 Club went just super well, uh, brilliantly well. And we're placing another order soon. So if you want to get kind of a pre-order in and make sure that you get that item, let us know now. You can hit us up on Facebook, at UK Packers, Instagram, at UK Packers, Twitter. You see the trend here, at UK Packers, and info at UKPackers.co.uk. And also, if you go to the 1919 shop, which is UKPackers.co.uk forward slash 1919 shop would you believe there's a form at the bottom that you can submit kind of requests and queries now they headed off at the past we get an awful lot of requests for aaron Rodgers, brett Favre, um reggie white so just to let you know those items are quite expensive uh we can source them and we are we will get back to you with a price um but i guess if it's just morbid curiosity as to i wonder what this would be it's going to be a couple of hundred quid um, for those type of items the other stuff that we can get you know like a mike daniels jersey we can get for about 100 110 quid or less um depending on how many people order how much we can get the postage and customs down but we have stock now and we have some photos i think is the only things that we actually have left in the shop now but if you're a fan of the packers from the 80s we have some really premium pieces in there um you know we have some other random stuff like a ron wolf signed picture which is pretty cool so if you want to get your hands on really cheap uh, merch and surprise surprise we have some demarius randall stuff on sale he was very popular before he got traded away and we got the sean kaiser instead who seems pretty shocked by the green bay weather the second largest snowfall in, and it just really hurt how irish is i want to say the largest the second largest snowfall in green bay history today yesterday uh ridiculous what was it 22 23 inches and we looked into it and according to the national weather service in green bay the number one on record snowfall was in 1888, which is just bonkers altogether. It was around the time I think they were bringing in um, American football as a sport to America, which is kind of a bastardization of rugby. Sounds a rude word, it isn't. So that was 29 inches in 1988. And this is, you know, the next largest April snowfall before this one was back in 1977. So just nuts crazy weather over there so they've pushed off the 
off-season program Mike McCarthy's pushed the official start date to Tuesday and I know what people are thinking big joint who cares but it's important in this, if you're Aaron Rodgers uh, or Jimmy Graham or some of these players because the lads get an absolute whopper workout bonus so if you meet 80% of your workouts Aaron Rodgers for instance stands to make 500 grand that's kind of how they like to load in that money bonkers uh, so look the I'm on my own this week and the last while I've been doing some hopefully revealing interviews for you all you know with Aaron Nagler Rob Domofsky they're some of our most popular ones ever um, I like the one with uh, Brent Hensel for the you know the Hall of Fame I, I, I like that thing of delving into the weird stuff and that they had Jerry Kramer splinters that he was in his intestines and stuff and the, you know he talked about a glass eye make sure you go back and catch that episode I thought it was kind of revealing nice little peek behind that they have like, you know, tens of thousands of items that are not on display. And those plans that, you know, we heard about a little bit before that we kind of expected, let's say, for the 1919 season. Anybody who says, and I've seen a lot out there, that this is 2018, it's not the 100 season, it's the 99, it's not, because 1919 was the first season. So it is the 100 season once you add it up. And I think if you go to the insider inbox, with Mike Spofford, someone puts in the kind of rationale that I'm not going to regurgitate in the podcast, but safe to say, you're not smarter than the Packers organization going, mm, I think you got it wrong there. Do your maths again, buddies. So they, they did well. Look, another thing that we're, I'm having kind of fun with, right, is the memes, opposite memes. Just like them. And sometimes you read comments underneath stuff and you get deterred. But you know what? Shut your, you know what I'm about to say. It's the catchphrase. All right, put it on a T. Um, so we we sort of hit notoriety I think the last time I checked I had like two and a half thousand three thousand likes or whatever because we put out a David Bakhtiari which is a picture of David Bakhtiari's back and then on the opposite side of that picture in the meme we put David Frontiari and had it on the front yeah it's corny it's a dad joke but I'm a dad I'll, I'll roll with it and then our next edition was uh, Mo Wilkerson and a picture of Mo Wilkerson and then a blank picture with no Wilkerson and the thing is, the first one took off crazy because David Bakhtiari sort of quote tweeted it and said, oh, y'all got jokes in the UK. Clap, clap, very funny laughy emoji. Seemed to be happy about it. That took off. But the Mo Wilkerson, Mo wasn't as gracious as to, you know, give us the old retweet. And I think one of the comments on Instagram was like, this is just not funny at all. <laughs> and I was kind of thinking, yes, it is. Shut your face. It's very funny. But anyway, so like I said, I'm on my own. And the one thing that really struck me and that it didn't really take off with people as much as I... Uh, as I thought it did, they didn't kind of pick up on it. I think a lot of people listen to it because we can see the metrics, you know, the numbers have just gone insane. But the interview with Mark Murphy, and it's like I expected people to come back with these comments, but then people just listened to it and said, oh, great one. And I was kind of like, do you not think that was a bit revealing? And then no one came back with them, but the parts that if I'm going to effectively speak and give myself feedback here, of well, not myself feedback, but Mark Murphy, did anybody else find it revealing that he said that, because I asked him about Elliot Wolf, and when I asked him, my arse clenched on the seat and I was thinking, is this too far? Can I say it? Is he going to say I'm back? Is he going to give out to me? And I didn't know what he was going to say because it's, it's about him and another guy and it seems very personal. And, you know, I wasn't sure what he was going to say, but he's the president of the organization. So I figured that whatever he would say, you know, would be kind of toeing the line and not all that revealing. But Mark Murphy's always been fantastic to come on the podcast. I mean, like, I honestly never look for any type of headlines. And I think if we were to hit the headlines... I wouldn't be happy about it, especially if it was in a negative light, because it's just more so to give us an insight into the game. But something that really struck me, and when I asked him about it, just to see kind of, you know, what his take on it was, because although it's a personal thing between him and Elliot Wolf, 
it's still in the media and Elliot Wolf still publicly buggered off to Cleveland. I don't mean that in a derogatory term. Oh, he left the Packers. Like, I understand that he wants to go off and get experience. And like what Mark Murphy even says, he's going to be a GM one day and that's kind of seen as known. And he must be a dynamic man. But again, like I've argued on the podcast, what the hell do we know? I mean, you know, you do your job and no one knows how you get on behind the scenes. But if you have been promoted in the organization, we can assume that you're good and not just that you're good at talking about soccer around the around the water cooler that you know how to do your job. Uh, which, as we heard from Rob Domofsky, it is a very people-orientated thing, which I guess a lot of things are. But anyway, the fact that he said that, you know, Elliot only stayed with one team, so that was a big sort of thing for him. I find that super revealing because I don't, I didn't heard that in the media, I don't think. It was kind of like that, you know, Brian got the job because he was outstanding, and that is the case, but kind of on the, you know, the reason behind all of that as well is that this is the reason why Elliot didn't get it, and I love that little piece of nugget. I thought it was great. Um, also that he said during the process that he had to keep Brian Gutekunst and, and Russ Ball again that was kind of revealing because not that he went into a preconceived notions obviously you know he hired external forces and to do that but I just thought it was super revealing too, to use that kind of a you know super happy clappy non-Irish American phrase is that you know he knew in his kind of head it seemed that he had these two people that he had to keep which Elliot kind of probably missed out not by default because if he'd done a cracking interview I'm pretty sure he would have got the job um, but just that his experience went against him and that he had to keep Gudekunst. And I just thought that was kind of a fascinating insight into who he sees as important. And also the fact that he said that Russ Ball was doing most of Ted Thompson's, not most of the work, that's not fair, but he was doing a lot of the admin work that Ted probably, I don't know whether you can say should have done. Jesus, I'm really toned that I'm walking on the fence here at the moment. Um, you know, is that, that Ted was under his responsibility but Russ Ball went and did it so in order to keep Russ Ball who did interview for the GM role we are you know led to understand or whatever you know that he gave him a better title and probably a you know a big stack of cash more to keep him in the organization and from what we hear and that I don't know is that Russ Ball is somewhat of a salary cap guru so that was that was interesting and the third thing that kind of shocked me was that he said that they changed the structure and he said in that opening meeting was to, you know, get rid of those silos because it really did appear that certain parts of the personnel departments, they just weren't talking to each other and it was building up and that it wasn't great. Um, and again, an awful lot of people in the media would like to lay that at Ted Thompson's feet. Um, but just that he said that he changed the structure because he didn't want to put too much on Brian Gutekunst, which, you know, you'd expect is kind of seen as a weakness, but it's really a strength. And it's Mark Murphy being, you know, smart about it in the sense of, Let's give them these responsibilities. Let's take some of this stuff away. Let's change the structure around. So I guess it's multifaceted and it's not as simple as, oh, we didn't think he could handle it. So we could ever, I don't think that, because that, you can see kind of the media going down that route. And I'm glad that that didn't catch on after the podcast that we find some headline, oh, he strips the organization this way because of whatever reason. Because that's not the case, I guess. He's just, you know, putting the Packers in the best position to succeed, let's say. And look, it's, it's freshed up, freshened up got better um in the executive room i guess with you know different responsibilities better communication brian gudekunst looks like he's a great communicator mark murphy is just you know you, you get what you see with him he he'll just tell you exactly how it is i find um and he, he's got a great sense of humor as well you know and the, with the football operations side of things the new playbook coming into account you know new coaches it's a fresh and sexy vibe that's coming out of uh lambeau field and i like it but a topic that I kind of wanted to discuss, 
uh, is Des Bryant and I'm going to get onto him now on some of the stuff that I've uncovered and you know kind of looking at the different opinions that people have and an awful lot of people wanting us to sign Des Bryant and they're still kind of harking out for him us to sign him before all that the the schedule is coming out for the games and as soon as that's out we're going to be working with the vendors to try to get the lowest price possible so do keep your eyes peeled and what I might do is just release another podcast give people a rundown give you the prices up front say this is why we did it this is why we chose it um, and see if you want to go from there we're probably going to pick one or a multitude of games that are going to be our official tour but that doesn't stop you from getting the UK Packers discount with whoever we choose um, you know to get that discount and go over to Lambeau Field or go over to an away game and try to get a cheaper price now that said if you can get it cheaper elsewhere or you want to do it yourself by all means go ahead and do it um, it's up to you who cares you know but what we're going to try to do is is obviously get it as cheap as we can for you so that even if you were to do it yourself and have that hassle it's cheaper than that again we'll do our best um for you and the rumors are that that's out on thursday so again you're listening to this it's about two three days away all right so des bryant where do i start again it's probably going to come true that i'm not a i'm not a massive fan of air des bryant um air des bryant uh, Jerry Jones let him go and I guess to really look at this properly and there's been a lot of articles and stuff about this you know and they kind of take it from different angles and what sort of rings true for me anyway is that people keep thinking that Des Bryant is still elite and I don't think he is so before we delve into you know off-field issues on-field issues on-field stats off-field stats let's just say he was a fantastic wide receiver uh, he had off-field issues from the get-go from the very start and in fact you can see it as a positive or negative. I'm quite well aware that this guy, you know, the stories of him bouncing around to seven different foster homes that his mother had to deal crack cocaine just to try put food on the table. You know, she was arrested. I think he was about eight as far as the stories go. Um, and there's other stuff that went on there. For So for a guy who came from that background, who bounced around from different foster homes, you know, an awful lot of people will write that person off. You know, you're dealing with an awful lot of baggage. Uh, and to load onto a child especially as a father now just imagining that type of upbringing for a child is just harrowing so for him to do it and reach the level of success that he did that he did and that he has is fantastic for him and i guess some of the character issues that come out of an upbringing like that if that's attributable which i guess it would be you know i mean you're going to have some damage there and you're going to have some issues uh, but i guess in the real world when you're dealing with business decisions like the nfl people aren't that forgiving and if you go and do some of the stuff that he did um, including slap his mother um, which she didn't want to press charges I mean that stuff does come back to bite you as a character issue you are who you are um, and it just seems that throughout Dez's career he's kind of fell into this whole thing but the reason we're here in the first place is and I've seen if you read and I've read a lot of Dallas articles and, and Dallas newspapers and they tried to chronicle it about that it's not a money issue that it's down to you know he's lost a step can't get separation his stats and i think that's true but you can't discount the fact that it was a money issue also des was going to command 16 and a half million um now the, it's it's amazing when you look at the dead cal- uh, salary cap so up to this point before they released them uh, they had a pretty bad salary cap issue now after releasing them they still only have effective cap space of 9.9 million now don't adjust your uh, television sets and radio whatever sets whatever they call it um this isn't the dallas cowboys podcast but i think it's important to note that if people are looking to go for a player you have to look at why similarly people that are going to go for jordy nelson would have to look into his stats and his money he's going to command and the longevity that he's going to have further into his career and what age he is and 
and injury history and all the rest. So we're just kind of looking at that stuff here. So he was released, in my opinion, because A, an ego thing, B, bad for the locker room, probably, my opinion. Um, also, the salary cap space. So after releasing them, they only have 9.9 .9 million. He would have accounted um, for his his salary was 12.5 million, but he had a 16.5 million cap hit. Now, by cutting him, and I've, I've heard this thing of trying to prove that it wasn't a money issue, that they've taken all the dead money into account in the first year, which is 8 million. For Des Bryant, the Cowboys have twenty-two point eight million in dead money uh, coming into this year. Eight point nine million is Tony Romo, would you believe? And eight million is Dead Bryant. Then there's guys like Cedric Thornton, Nolan Carroll, Benson, Mayoa, um, and that's all according to OverTheCap.com, I believe. So the Packers cap space is currently sixteen point two three million. If you look at their dead cap money, just as kind of you know poos and giggles let's call it martellus bennett 4.2 million that one hurts the ghoulies and jordy nelson 2.3 million we'll give him that a legend demarius randall who was unceremoniously kicked out uh to the cleveland browns is a million so you know this is definitely comes down to money but it also comes down to his issues and by what he's came out with since he left the cowboys wouldn't kind of fill me certainly with confidence that this guy has a, has the right attitude now, I mentioned a guy, Martellus Bennett, a little-known tight end. And I mean little-known because he wasn't in Green Bay a whole lot of time before he hot-tailed it out with an undisclosed injury. Went to the Patriots, played a game or two, got put on, you know, IR or whatever, um, and then ended up getting cut at the end of the season. And, you know, I kind of felt bad, right, because I think the way he left Green Bay was just complete pants. And then he talks about that people were kind of parading and celebrating the fact that he retired or got cut, which, again, is kind of harsh, right? He's still a human being. Um, but it still ended up pretty bad in Green Bay. So we don't need a diva in the locker room. It's not the way the Packers do it. You know, going from Martellus Bennett, a guy who's like super flamboyant, talking about, you know, Eckhart Tolle and what he likes to read and coming up with these madcap stuff and, oh, he was a funny little character. That got really old for me after about a week. Um, and then his on-field play, similar to Des Bryant, was just littered with drops and poor performances. So reading a Dallas article where they're trying to convince people that it wasn't to do with a cap space issue when you look at them now they're still in the bottom half of the league in cap space availability this really should alarm the reader and the listener now their assessment of des bryant was is that the cowboys watched every game from 2017 and they saw a receiver who, who could no longer separate red flag number one who ran poor routes red flag number two and dropped passes red flag number three and that's according to a source and i can't remember where i even got that quote from i was just having to dig around so i mean these are the same things that the packers receivers got uh criticized for jordy went down randall cobb had to step up and then he was criticized for not stepping up into that uh point you know that kind of role uh when he's naturally a smaller wide receiver not an outside wide receiver he's not expected to beat those big cornerbacks so he's a slot receiver yet he got criticized and the whole troop apart from uh, Devontae Adams has got you know queried over the fact that they have lack of quickness and they can't get separation and that's exactly what we're going to get with Des Bryant he's probably going to command a whopper wage now the thing is I don't think that he's going to get the wage that everyone thinks he's going to get and that's more so down to and I saw it I think it's on, on, on Business Insider they had an article where you know his team and himself wasn't clever enough not that oh, goes a dumb guy but you know they didn't structure his contract uh, better enough that in the latter half of his contract that he has this big massive payday in the first or third day of the new league season which would have effectively meant that they would have cut him earlier and i think it's a it's a mixture of things 
It's the fact that he's released now. There's not a massive market for him because the draft is so close and people might think, you know, who is actually interested. But funnily enough with Des Bryant and what we're hearing is, is that in his head, he still thinks he's a wide receiver number one, despite the fact that he's lost a step. And as well as that, he was never the wide receiver to get crazy separation. You know, he was always the 50-50 ball guy who had that talent and that, you know, natural skill to come down with that ball. Now, I don't think that's what the Packers need. You know, we have Jimmy Graham for that, a tight end who, just with his measurables alone, you know, in compressed spaces like the red zone, he's a ridiculous target. You know, when defenders are all over him, he, with his wingspan, can still go up and get that ball. I don't think we need an outside wide receiver, and I'm going to show you why later on. But like Des Bryant, the pettiness after he got released, the fact that he said that he wants to stay in the NFC East, and his quote was, it's personal, he said, I'm just tired of being a scapegoat. And then Jordan Schultz comes out, and this was one of his tweets on Twitter, funnily enough, is where we find him. He says that the Redskins haven't discussed him at all. Uh, they don't want to explore signing him. He's also, he was also told that the Giants aren't interested. The Eagles aren't interested. So, you know, Dez's goal of remaining in the NFC East, as he said when he was cut by the Cowboys and said that this wasn't his decision, they never offered me a pay cut, they just cut me outright, that that's a complete pipe dream. So here's a guy like Adrian Peterson, who when he became available, top people would be clamoring for him and that he could just go where he wanted to go. And we're seeing that that's not the case. We've seen that recently as well with Tyron Matthew, albeit on the opposite side of the ball where the market just doesn't match their ego on top of that he gets the finger pointing and again it's a bit classless uh according to me he went on nfl network and says that he's gonna say this right here that uh, it's down to the garrett guys who played a role in his departure and that he's not going to out them but he truly believes that that is the case so now another article that i found on a dallas website said that uh, since uh, Garrett became head coach he always had the same pattern he'd pick five captains two offense two defense and one on special teams but he never picked Des Bryant to be one of those captains and the last group of those captains was Dak Prescott Jason Witten Sean Lee Tyron Crawford Orlando Scandrick and Dan Bailey now all of those stand out to me as captain like figures Dak Prescott he's the quarterback of the team Jason Witten he's part of the furniture Sean Lee we heard at the Dublin event for the NFL uh, Rob Ryan came out and said that they asked him who was the most underrated player in the NFL or something like that. And he said, Sean Lee is just a heartbeat of that team. So Des Bryant came out and said that, uh, what did he say? Here's his quote. I won't put no names out, but they know and I want them to know. And you're like, okay, kind of being, you know, Garrett guys kind of alludes to these guys, but you never know what the culture is. He ne doesn't necessarily have to pick them as captains for them to be his guys. And is he talking about coaching staff? Is he talking about players? Then he says, I shoot them a text message and let them know. Little do they know is, you know, they can wear the C all they want to, but in that locker room, they know who they run and talk to and they know who they communicate with. So now he's just after saying that they wear the C and that they are the captains, which gives that a very small group of people that I've just mentioned as to who he's potentially calling out. Now, something that kind of stood out to me about him was his numbers were never that great the latter years. Um, and yet he was still on the field piss arsing around you know acting like he was out with Odell Beckham Jr for instance and Odell you know is a bona fide superstar as much as I, I hate it because he's such a cocky dude he's you know he's punching and kicking kicking nets he's posing on boats with his you know Timbaland boots on and, and, and taking the piss but then you look at it and I'm kind of thinking yeah I would totally do that if I had millions and millions of dollars and I don't think there's nothing wrong with posing on a boat and 
you know, living it up. Who cares? He's a young guy from New York. He's he's in a fishbowl. And you can't dispute the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. has insane numbers. So he's kind of entitled to go off and be that larger-than-life character. I think it's people with spikes like that that make life interesting. But Dez is out there who can't really compete in numbers. And the two of them are kind of dancing on the field and acting the maggot, throwing the ball to each other and swapping merchandise and all the rest of it. It just seemed a bit rich to me. But look, numbers-wise, when you look at the the stats that are coming out from pro football focus they did an article where they looked at the top 20 wide receivers and Devonte adams was number two on that list his expected passer rating was at uh, 89.6 and his actual passer rating for the season was 120.3 which is just bananas now he's not alone on that list with the packers if you look at randall cobb he fits in at 13 and he had an actual passer rating in the season of 104.6. He's got crazy reliable hands, which is another reason why we have two studs at that position. And again, I know people are going to question the Randall Cobb, but you can't argue with his reliability of his hands versus his drops, plus that actual passer rating. It's crazy. He's a bona fide slot receiver if you let him be. And then on top of that, Devontae Adams, he got paid the big bucks for a reason. 108 targets and um, Randall Cobb coming out with 85, so not as much production. Now... They're in the top 20, being at 2 and 13. And you look at Des Bryant, he's in the bottom 20. So he comes in 70th on that list. Funnily enough, Jordy Nelson comes in at 69th. So Des Bryant, in that list of people, he's targeted the third most in the bottom 20. And the only people better than him uh, is AJ Green. And one that's worse uh, comes down to Mike Evans. And they're the two lads that got targeted as much. So Des Bryant had a pass rating of 74.8. So again, not meeting expectation, not meeting up to the salary hit that he was going to take and the fact that he was dropping a ton. And as well as that, he turns 30 in November. So do you want to take a punt at a guy who's the bottom 20 in wide receivers, you know, tends to drop more passes, is a disruptive locker room force. We've seen now by his comments that he came out and said what he actually thinks of his colleagues in the locker room. And I don't think that Everyone thought he was a great guy. Then he gets cut and then all of a sudden this vitriol comes out. Obviously that's known and it's kind of seen as a bit of a, a locker room distraction. So I mean that's his stats. That's his money he was looking for. That's the ego behind it. But all of his troubles started pretty early. And you know we can look at all of the articles up to recent. But if you look at the stuff that they were saying about him when he was coming out. Now albeit he was very young. He was suspended for 10 games in his junior season at Oklahoma State because he met with Dion um, and, it, you know, he tried to hide it and then it came out. Um, then he was labelled undraftable. They said he had undeveloped life skills when he was coming out, but it didn't stop the Cowboys from trading a third-round pick with the Patriots to move up to get him. Um, and then he refuses to carry veteran receiver Roy Williams shoulder pads on the first day of training camp then he gets hazed for 55 grand he says that oh that's okay it's just part of the deal and then he comes out and starts to say that he didn't agree with it that he felt kind of mugged off which let's face it he kind of has a point of 55 grand and then 2011 he gets issued with a, a parking fine for parking in a fire lane and then he goes into the shopping mall and gets banned for you know cursing on a security guard uh, then two jewelers sue him uh, also in 2011 because he, he got jewelry and tickets to sporting events and all the rest for 575 grand and uh, then Dion Sanders comes out about him and says that he kind of has to cut ties with him doesn't want to have anything to do with him when he was kind of seen as his mentor up to this point then he mugs off a sports memorabilia place um, famously and then it all kind of comes to a head in July 2012 
when he gets a class A misdemeanor of domestic violence for allegedly slapping his mother. So now she didn't press charges, but it's kind of seen as a story that's out there that's known. Um, but again, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole legalities of all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the issues with him is, is that, you know, we don't want a disruptive presence in the locker room. His numbers aren't great. His salary was probably going to be quite high. Wait to see, we'll probably sign him now. We have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. Uh, you know, people are saying that we should draft a wide receiver because everyone's talking about the defense and cornerbacks and outside linebackers and, and all the rest. And, you know, Saquon Barkley, the running back, and that we could get some purchase on wide receivers in this draft you know we've jimmy graham come in who's a red zone threat we've drawn him allison who showed promise when he had to when people went down with injuries so if aaron Rodgers has to go to these people he probably will they're going to design the playbook around it and with the revamped defense that we're hoping for with that sort of presence up front also with who we're going to bring in at the cornerback situation now look i haven't talked about um tremont williams and devon house uh, which we'll kind of get to in a later podcast when we see how it all washes out. But, you know, we de- we don't need a 50-50 ball winner in Des Bryant who's going to be a disruptive force. We've done that experiment um, with Martellus Bennett and it didn't work. He's going to command too much money. In his head, he obviously still expects to be a number one wide receiver with him flexing, saying that he's going to go, I'm going to stay in the NFC East. No, you won't, pal, thanks. You know, and his play's been littered with drops. So that's kind of Des Bryant for me in a nutshell. You know, character issues and all the rest. Now, look, the character issues, they get offset by how talented you are, we find, in this league because it's a business league. But I don't feel that they outweigh each other. Now, obviously, I think later in life, he's going to mellow out a bit. And I see on First Take program with Stephen A. Smith, you know that program where they just shout for no reason, like they have microphones in front of them, but they still feel they need to shout across the room. They say that, oh, the number one place they want him to go, they, you know, bring him to Green Bay, get him in there with Aaron Rodgers. We don't have the cap space. We don't have the culture uh, to deal with someone who's that disruptive. Um, and I don't think the Packers particularly need him. Especially if... We, let me just read it out one more time. Let me go back to that article. Is that couldn't separate, ran poor routes and dropped passes. So do we really need that? No, don't think so. But anyway, that's Des Bryant in a nutshell. Yay or nay? Nay for me. Let me know if you disagree with me. Make sure you uh, get onto the website. We're going to have some more articles coming out soon. UKpackers.co.uk Get onto Instagram and some slam some likes on these opposites uh, because some people are liking them, some people are hating them. We've got a really good one coming in from a guy. And if you have any suggestions for some of these, keep them coming. Someone said Mike Petton versus Mike Petting and we could have him petting dog or whatever. Um, hopefully not of the heavy variety. And then we have a guy talking about Jordy Nelson versus Jordy Nelson, which is, you know, Newcastle. And this is from a, a guy from Newcastle himself. He says you could have him with brown ale, Greg sausage rolls, and a tune top the boot, kind of like that one. So if you have any ideas for memes, drop them in because, yeah, they're pretty hilarious. There's more exciting stuff coming up on the podcast and on the website. I'm going to have some more stellar guests, a couple of players uh, coming on and just trying to nail down some times with them. So until then, enjoy the Packers being back in green bay and we'll get our little you know little bit of news bites that are probably not worth even reporting on and also some pictures of the boys working out um so that's going to be good um so from myself at steady the nfl on twitter follow me follow the group at uk packers make sure you hit us up on facebook instagram and the website and if you want anything from 1919 club uh, just get on and request if not just peruse the shop and we're going to have another order over uh, with a bunch of jerseys and make sure you get your hands on that as well and congratulations as well to the winner of our devon house competition we gave away signed march because we passed the milestone of 10,000 followers on twitter which is just absolutely phenomenal so if you like what we do make sure you you share it with friends so sam wilcox 
won that and we did a live draw of scrolling up and down the, the Twitter machine and just selecting who it was. So congrats to Sam for that. We'll get that posted out to you. So until then and until the next podcast, we have some special stuff coming up and the announcement of the trip. I'll talk to you then.